Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Venom, directed by Ruben Fleischer and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. While investigating a shady organization, a symbiote bonds to journalist Eddie Brock and gives him strange new abilities. Yep. And I, I, you wrote hymns by accident, but I think that's really uh, fitting. Hymns. <laughs> we, we are Venom. Yeah. Yeah. So as we usually do, we'll do a, a bit of a spoiler-free upfront bit to let you know if you sh- we think you should see Venom uh, before we go into more spoilery discussion. So Katie, should people see Venom? I don't know. I mean... It really depends what you're seeing it for because it's kind of a hot mess um, in a lot of ways. It's, it, to me, it can basically be summed up as some really great actors trying their best and being let down by a weak script and shoddy direction. Like the Tom Hardy is really trying with Eddie and he makes him so funny and likable and charming and flawed and eccentric. But and the script is so bad. And then Riz Ahmed as the bad guy is just wonderful. But, like, again, the lines that he's forced to say are so on the nose and, like, faux edgy. And it just drives me up the wall. Mm. Like, it just doesn't seem fair to the wonderful cast that they managed to draw into this movie that they, you know, yeah. wasted them like that. Jenny Slate also wasted, who is could have really been used a lot more. I don't know. It's just... Mm. it's sad yeah i felt sorry for the cast as well because if this movie did anything it gave me a huge riz Ahmed crush which is great mm. um but yet tom hardy never gives less than like 180 percent of effort yeah. right and he can be a dick sometimes and he can be difficult or whatever but he's always trying his absolute hardest with things and um like the material is bad i agree i also think this movie is kind of badly directed that's what I, yeah that's what i said yeah like weak script and shoddy direction i just had real trouble following what was going on in a lot of mm-hmm. action scenes, particularly the fight scenes. And that makes me sad because, you know, like the fight scenes should be better. It was hard to see who was who, what was happening, who was getting, you know, hit with what. And it just really let the whole thing down. And I feel like a lot of my reasons for seeing this and for saying to see this would be like see it if you're a completionist and you must see all of the comic book movies that come out. But otherwise it's <sighs> – it's kind of sad. It doesn't really add much. Um, and it was also, I felt, um, I didn't feel like Michelle Williams did great either. She had this horrible mm. wig. And for whatever reason, it completely distracted me from whatever she was doing performance-wise, which wasn't that different from whatever else, she, what she usually does performance-wise. I don't know. There's just some, I think it was mis, a miscast yeah. role. Well, I, I, and I don't think she's the only one who was miscast, to be honest. I sort of felt like they could just put Jenny Slate in that role and it would have been a lot more fun. Yeah. But, well, because I felt with Jenny Slate, um, they, they were, she was trying too hard to be serious. Yeah. And I was just waiting for, like, the other shoe to drop. Mm. Like, I think – and that, like, is baggage from having seen her play Mona Lisa on Parks and Rec. But also just you know her as a comedic actor, so you sort of expect that to happen. And I felt and the same about – And Tom Hardy's being so comedic and so yeah. out there. So, like – there's not really anybody else who's matching that level. And she's like so straight laced, which mm. is just I've never, ever, ever seen her do before, which was really unusual. And the um the doctor boyfriend of Michelle Williams, he's also a comic actor from Veep. And I was also ex- I kept expecting him to do something crazy too. Mm. Uh, partly because of that comic actor baggage, but also I was just like, is this we're just gonna do play it straight? Okay. <laughs> Although he is in that role 
that um what I call the James Marsden role oh, of yeah, the perfectly yeah. nice <laughs> yeah. new boyfriend who is just a nice person and a doctor and she should definitely be dating him instead of Eddie. But mm. we know that she's gonna go back to Eddie in the end anyway. I know. It is it it's like thankless. it's the role that like ten years ago James Marsden was playing. Yeah. Um um, I would like to see James Marsden in something again, Hollywood, please. I love him. Yeah, but that's but it, that's sort of, uh, you know, really our unspoilery review of it is it's just not that great. Yeah. And it's sad because there are some people are trying really, really hard. But the thing is I didn't I didn't not enjoy it. Yeah. Well, and, and, on a lot of levels. Mm. I mean, it's got the same – it's actually got a lot of Marvel movie problems, which we can go into later. But um, I when – it hits that second act and Venom attaches itself, himself to Eddie and they start the kind of weird buddy comedy stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff that works the best. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just Tom Hardy playing off himself as a voice in his head and it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so it's got all huge of laughs that in the cinema too. From you. <laughs> Sometimes you were the only one laughing. You were laughing so much and so loudly. But, yes, there were other people laughing as well most of the time. But, but it wasn't just me. There was no. one in particular where I couldn't help myself and I was just like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Yes. But then later on I heard other people laughing yes, as well. there were other people laughing as well a lot of the time, but sometimes it was just you cackling next to me, which I found wonderful, just delightful. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I like – Tom Hardy in this role. Mm. I just wish he'd been given better material yeah. to do it with. But, yeah, we should get into the spoilers. Yeah, okay, let's do that. So if you haven't seen Venom and you want to, uh, turn off the podcast now because we're going to start talking spoilers about it. So it's it's weird that they almost set up an interesting villain with Riz Ahmed and then go straight down the Marvel villain problem route, uh, yeah. which is like having a mirror to the main hero mm. like just an evil mirror to the main hero as being the bad guy in the end yeah is so lame especially <laughs> just kind yeah. of pathetic because they set um set Rizamid up as like this elon musk type character mm. who like there's plenty evil without adding a symbiote to him like yeah and he's, and he's so much more interesting as like somebody who um i i just think he has an interesting take on the whole thing and the humanity mm. versus the aliens who he sees as a higher life form. Mm. It's interesting. Like it's an interesting kind of evil. And he has this really, really great ability in this film to be simultaneously charming mm. and terrifying without it doing that switch thing that most people do. Like he doesn't, mm. he doesn't change from being the charmer mm. to being the creepy guy. He's always the same. And yet like, he still manages to get both of those things across all the time. Mm. And he's so gorgeous in this. Oh, my God. Like, so dreamy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a full-blown Rizamid problem before this movie, but I do now. I, you so know I already did. So Good. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's right. Like, you didn't need to add that to him to make him bad. Mm. He had so many more interesting things going on. I, I agree. That was a That was the probably one of the big problems and also that kind of apart from like that we see the other symbiote coming to um from malaysia over to san Mm. francisco over the course of six months which doesn't make any like the timeline doesn't make any sense it makes no sense there is no reason for that old woman to wait six months to get on like the old woman symbiote Mm. to wait six months to get on a plane even if she could even if the symbiote could last in that body for six months Mm. what was it doing 
Yeah. Why didn't it go to San Francisco for yeah. six months? If that's it doesn't so much wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Why did it just wait? Because we saw it pick up that Life Foundation thing at the very beginning mm. of the movie. No, we don't. We didn't need it to. That didn't need anything. This we needed a six month break, I guess, between when Eddie gets fired and um and his girlfriend. I've forgotten her name. Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams dumps Anne. him. And <laughs> that's right. And um when when she dumps him, like we need a break there so that you know she can have a, moved on with a new boyfriend and he's his life can kind of have spiraled. We need a time jump. Yeah. But it doesn't need to also be part of the other storyline about the symbiote coming from yeah. Malaysia. Uh yeah, he could have been taken down by Riz Ahmed. Now there's a question. What's his character's name? Oh, Carlton something. That's it, Carlton Drake. Yeah. I was thinking it was like Duncan Clark, but I was switching the initials. <laughs> Duncan Clark. No, no, it's 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 something it sounds like a rich person name. Yes. But yeah. like yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, he could have been taken down by him separately. Yeah. But you'd have to have the symbiotes and have them testing on them for a while and figure mm. it out. I don't know. I don't know how you'd figure out the timeline of the movie, but this wasn't it. Especially because the pacing is bizarre. Mm. Like Eddie's life is ruined in a minute of screen time. It yeah. is Seriously, it's like, or maybe two minutes of screen time. It's ridiculous. His downfall is completely downplayed, mm. you know, to the point where it's just, I was just baffled by it. Mm. I was like, we're only just getting started on the story. What are you doing? They wanted to get out of the way so that they could get to the um, Venom bit. But they couldn't. If they had trusted in Tom Hardy, which is what they should have done, he could have played that downfall really well. Instead, mm. you're just like there's not a lot of difference between Eddie before and Eddie after, mm. you know, you don't really get any sense of his life really being ruined. Yeah. In that way. Cause you, well, you get the sense that he was, it was always pretty chaotic, but he had a couple of nice things in it. Yeah. And like, we get a, a sort of montage of his TV show, which I really liked the kind of idea of the update mm. to his journalistic side um i was sad that at the end they did they went back to oh written word only um because yeah well i liked that as well but it, it also meant through the entire movie i'm like why hasn't he started his own youtube channel it's been like <laughs> six months he's got a following he's got a name if he'd have started a youtube channel he would have had like millions of subscribers within no time at all yeah he could- had done investigative reporting and he could have made a living off that like i don't know maybe i'm just too practical but also, it, it's not just that. He would have um, been huge with the conspiracy theory crowds and oh, stuff man. like that if he just told imagine. the truth on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie pretends the internet doesn't exist, which doesn't really work. But the timeline is so strange and mm. the whole kind of – yeah, they wanted to get Venom into the film. Yeah. And it is when Eddie is trying to deal with being infected by Venom that really is – the most interesting stuff in the film and the meat of the film. Yeah. Um, And there's some really great, he's just so good. There's some really great physical comedy he does, but also like movements to show you what is happening with Venom Mm. when we can't see Venom. Like his jerky puppet routine that he does is really clever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it marries well with what he's shown us that, Eddie's like that was a terrible sentence but like the way that um he performs Eddie as being this motor mouth and all that sort of thing so that whenever he's 
does certain things he just explains it to everybody around him as if they care yeah but it's really entertaining to me he just does all of that stuff really well i also really liked how this movie used san francisco which is the only good thing i'll say about the direction yeah that's true although it messed up like some of the car chases which like if you have san francisco for a car chase that's obviously amazing with all the big hills Mm. and stuff and it just kind of I didn't even think the car chases were well directed, but yes, yeah. in terms of visuals, like there's a really good bit where they use one of those, uh, you know, 45 degree streets um, mm. to show where, like, when he's sort of trying to stalk Michelle Williams' character and he's hanging out outside her house and stuff. Mm. That sort of angled street is work works really well to kind of fake a Dutch tilt almost. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, action scenes aside, I think that. I mean, the movie looks better when he's not shooting action scenes. Yeah. Although it's still pretty muddy. But, like, I just appreciated that you get a good sense of what San Francisco is like without shooting the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Like, it doesn't – there's no destruction of the Golden Gate Bridge scene in this movie. No, that's right. And, (laughs) in fact, it uses the – the building that it uses is quite a famous part of the skyline mm. um, and it has venom climbed to the top of it, which is cool. Um, yeah, but you don't – it's just like it's a place where they live. And I, oh, yeah, I'm, the Spider-Man shot. Yeah, well <laughs> – The I, rip-off Spider-Man shot, which wasn't even good because if you're going to do – sorry. Yeah. You finish yours well, and was, then I'll tell well, you. Well, it was into Sp- – I was going to talk about Spider-Man anyway. But I was like – because they've obviously moved it to San Francisco to kind of distance themselves from Spider-Man mm. a bit. Yeah. Um, but it was nice that it was in, in San yeah. Francisco. I think they got a good sense of the city. Yeah, in the into the movie. But if you're going to do the Spider-Man shot of him up on the building, you do like a 360 shot. Mm. You don't like like they cut away from him to show the view. I know. I was like, what are you no, no, doing? No, you you you've got to like get a drone and circle around him. Come on. Yeah, exactly. It was it was so sad. Yeah, it was so sad that they decided to go that way because it looks terrible. It mm. just doesn't work. You know it it completely deflates the moment yeah and that's the biggest problem with it yeah he's and i like zombie land which is ruben yes, another i know ruben i looked it up i really like zombie land i was like this is the guy who made zombie land which is a great film he hasn't done much since then in, t- in terms of movies he's done a lot of television mm. which maybe speaks to the lack of really good ability to do action scenes but zombie land has great hand-to-hand combat yeah and also a lot of creativity in how mm. it's directed, which yeah. Venom lacks completely. Yeah. And can we please talk about the score and the soundtrack for this movie? Because <laughs> honestly, it might be my least favorite part. And that's saying something because there's other stuff I really don't like. <laughs> yeah. It is so ugly to listen to. Yeah. It's so ugly. Like the songs are like all sound like early 2000s, you know, rock songs that you would find in like yeah well i mean it eminem does the title track yes although his song i think was the best one in it mm. um but that's the kind of era there's some of it sounds like it's off-brand good charlotte yeah yeah it it sounds like it sounds to me like what you would see in like a teen horror or not quite horror but you know how in the early 2000s there were all those teen movies like like Final um, Destination. Final Destination or The Covenant mm. or the one where there were the witches with Nev Campbell and Firuza Bulk The in Craft. It. That was in the 90s. The Craft, yeah. that mm. all, of, Yeah, but that kind of mid-90s to mid-2000s period mm-hmm. that is what I'm thinking of. Like they all – and they all looked and sounded the same. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I, That's what this movie sounded. Or like – And it, to me, I in my head I was like, this sounds like high school. 
which is why I was like thinking of Good Charlotte and stuff. Mm. I was just like, that sounds like the late 90s. Actually, is it the first Spider-Man movie that has that Nickelback song on the soundtrack? It's, I think it's a Spider-Man movie. That's but what it that, sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like the old, yeah, the old Sony Spider-Mans. Maybe, maybe Sony's got some of the same artists on their record label and so they just like use them for it. Maybe, but I mean, it sounds like that, but like a cheap rip-off version of yeah. that, which yep. is kind of what this is, I suppose. Mm, mm. It's like a cheap rip-off version of Spider-Man. And Venom is an interesting character. Yeah. And to me, like, to my mind, when I think of Venom, this is not going to sound great for everybody because I'm not that big on comics. So have you ever played that Lego Avengers game that you guys own? Yeah, I haven't actually played it, but I know the game. Yes. Well, I played it when I lived here. (laughs) And um, there's a Venom level. Yeah. And it's bizarrely creepy and really good. Mm. And, like, there's this sense of dread for the whole level. And then when Venom shows up, he's really scary. Yeah. And, like, he suddenly flashes in front – like, he suddenly shows up in front of the camera and stuff. It's, like, a better mini-movie than this is. Yeah. (laughs) It's a Lego game. But, like, that was the kind of sense that I wanted to get out of this. Mm. You know? Like – and there's no creepiness at all really to him because they go down the humor path with him like that they really play up the um the split personality stuff there's a couple of bits where he freaks freaks him out freaks tom hardy out mm. but they don't it i don't think they go hard enough into that into the creepy no, stuff and i tell i'm going to tell you why it's because this movie is pg-13 ah uh, yeah yeah i think they toned down a lot of stuff to make this movie pg-13 and i think it is a real flaw like a, mm. it, that was a very poor decision because yeah, they should have leaned into this and made it r definitely should have leaned into this and made it r because there's this almost sex scene at the beginning oh yeah that doesn't play pay off right it doesn't lean hard enough into the body horror stuff yep and it pulls away from a lot of the the worst of death stuff right like, mm. you know, if they had gone all, full Deadpool with this, mm. it could have been a lot more successful, especially since, again, you've got a really charismatic actor in the lead mm. who was really trying hard with the character. So you could definitely um, – they should have played off the success of Deadpool much more. And you, when you had a um, someone like Michelle Williams who's like bread and butter is that harder, darkest material generally. True, and Tom Hardy. Yeah, um, and they, they, they could have easily leaned into that more. Oh, and the other thing was, I, which I think I said to you in the moment, I was like, there's no way his lips are saying the yeah. words that he's well, saying. I, yeah, it when was, they were he in was the, definitely swearing in the, hospital, in the hospital, in the MRI room. Yeah, I don't, I didn't pick it up because I was busy washing something else. But yeah, you leaned over and were like, that's some, some swearing has been <laughs> cut out of that and yeah. dubbed over. Oh, he says we're done. Yeah, um, that's right. And I was like, no, he definitely said fuck you. <laughs> like, it's just, and you can see all these cuts that I think would have made the movie make a lot more sense as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That annoyed me. I'm trying to find out the name of that guy who's from um, Luke Cage. Oh, the actor who was yeah, in Yeah, and I keep forgetting. Getting oh, distracted. Right. I, I know. I can't remember either. But he played, he played um, Tom Hardy's boss for a couple of scenes and then disappeared, I think. Yeah, what happened with that? He he went and left a um, – Eddie went and left a – the phone with the yeah, evidence on yep. his desk and absolutely nothing. Yet another oh. thing that just sort of happened with no follow-up. No, I think they did do follow-up, but then I was confused as to why they tried to give Eddie his show back. 
Because at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, everything's better for me now. They tried to give me my show back. And I was like, why? Based on what? But it's obviously based on that phone, which I'd forgotten about because they just Because they just left it there (laughs) and dropped it. Yeah, that's a problem throughout the movie. There's a whole bunch of things that happen that just like are dropped and go nowhere. The cat, for example. Why introduce a cat if you're not going to do anything with it? Like if you're never going to imperil the cat or have the snake try to eat the cat. Just, oh, no. Venom has a cat in the comics, so we have to give him a cat. And mm. then they also then have like a um, a dog moment later on, which is you know fine. You superhero movies need those kind of things, but it just it, it, one that of those- was funny. I did like the dog moment at the end of the movie, not the not the um the dog in the hospital, but at the end with Stanley. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't like the Stanley cameo, but I liked Venom going that that creature looks delicious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever he says, that was great. Yes. So, but not just that. Um, the way, honestly, the way Jenny Slate died, I think, was really underplayed, um, and was, yeah. didn't she didn't get enough of a moment there have, have for the level of role that she played? Like, you could when definitely she, that was when definitely first, pulling away from PG thirteen. Yeah, thing. and when she first came on screen, I was like, oh, I wonder how she's going to die. <laughs> I was like, she's definitely going to die, but I, but I'm like, how is it going to happen? And she's going to do it heroically. And then it was really a letdown. It was, when it but also it's interesting because they showed us that transformation with that long-haired homeless Isaac. guy, yeah, Isaac, yeah. That was which was great. Mm. Like that's what I mean. That's so creepy. Yes, and like that kind of body horror stuff is so intrinsic to the character of mm. Venom. Yeah, like and when he when he gets infected, when he's go he's gone to Rizaman's lab and he comes across the homeless lady that he knows, like she that actress does a really good physical performance. Like yeah. the way she's sitting in her room and she flies at the door and all that kind of stuff. Like she does a really good job of being inhabited by uh, a symbiote. Her name is Melora Walters, which mm. is very familiar to me. Yeah. Oh, she's been around for ages. She's was in Magnolia, Boogie Nights, Dead Poets. Yeah, you're right. So she, yeah, she's a so she's, veteran character yeah. actress, and and memorable, which is a mm. big thing because that guy who was the head of the security was oh. so immemorable that every time he showed up, I would be like, "Who's that guy again?" Yep, <laughs> I don't remember who this guy is. Which kind of like, and there's really only one bad guy in this movie, and yet every time I was like, "Is he a government agent or something?" What does he do? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. And and it was a bit confusing because, like, at some point the police are after Venom, right? Oh yeah, yeah, very briefly because there's the the chase is with obviously with the um, private security guys that work for Riz Ahmed, mm. but then after all that happens, you see the police like have barricaded off parts of San Francisco, and um, Michelle Williams can't get through because there are people have died. The police are like, there's bodies everywhere, so I don't know that they're technically after Tom Hardy, but they're after the people who were chasing through the city. Yeah, and that makes sense. But, like, um, the oh, – because that, that cut to uh, Eddie in the tower, mm. I thought that those were the police who were after him there. It makes it look like that. Right, yeah. And then they had those ma- masks, and I was like, oh, maybe it's not the police. But then I, I don't remember if that guy who we're supposed to remember. The red-headed guy, yeah. Is he redheaded? Oh, I, I think that's a bartender. Cause, well, I was also looking through Scott the... Hayes is his name. Okay. He's like fair-haired, maybe not red-headed. Because there's a red-headed bartender who looks like him but more memorable. <laughs> well, he's actually red-headed, yeah. Yeah. There is. He's Speaking quite... of redheads. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, I was also going to say that um, Mrs. Chen, who owns the convenience store, she's very memorable too. She was really oh, funny. Oh, yeah. She's great. More of that, please. Yeah. That was... And his the relationships that he makes... 
the friendships that he makes with all of these kind of, I guess, outcasts mm. and disenfranchised people are much more interesting to me. Like that's mm-hmm. a more interesting Eddie. And you can see that as well in the way that he, t- speaking of redheads, yeah. you can see that as well in the way that he talks to Carnage in that mid credit sequence yeah. with Woody Harrelson in it. Speaking of wigs as well. Oh, Boy, like that sideshow Bob thing that he had on his head was wild. Yeah, it makes Michelle Williams' wig look natural and appropriate. I think that's a character that has I, – I've I know – about this stuff from doing one of those like midnight Wikipedia um, wor- uh, um, rabbit hole things mm-hmm. where you click on one thing and then you've learned the entire backstory of Venom mm. um, <laughs> and all of his villains and stuff. So I thought they were going to introduce like a big Spider-Man villain, but it does make sense that it was Carnage because he's like yeah. a big Venom villain. But like, and he's very, <sighs> I think he's there to make Venom look um, kind Reasonable. And, and sweet and gentle in comparison. Yeah. To his complete madness. Because mm. when a being from another planet that doesn't really have much concern for human life uh, melds, what's it called? Oh, bonds? W- bonds? Yeah, I looked it up. In the wiki it says bonds, but I, I was like, merges? <laughs> With a human who likes killing people, I, I have a feeling that that um, mm. combination would be rather scary yeah well i mean and that's that's probably what they were going with with the when they had riz ahmed merge with um his symbiote Mm. like they were trying to say well evil human plus you know symbiote who's sort of badass on his own planet and there was a great little bit where um where venom says to tom hardy oh i was kind of a loser on my planet too like he was you know a smaller small fry in comparison while i found that funny i also then was like what like how firstly we have had no indication of this so far right and secondly it seemed like kind of a cheap thing to throw in either as a joke or as like a sudden explanation for his turnaround because this is the thing and it's a bit like Thor in this problem I still don't know why Venom decided to suddenly change his mind and start helping he gives a little speech that reminded me a lot of the speech Spike gives Buffy at the end of season two in Buffy when um, he's like, yes, I'm evil, but I want to save the world because otherwise, like, th- there won't be much fun for me to have. Yeah. There'll just be vampires everywhere and I won't get to torture and eat people kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Which yep. is where I thought it was going. But then he was like, oh, no, I just like you. And I'm like, what? Since mm. when? You didn't seem to like him all that much before. Yeah. Like it, it's well, I, I, and the film seems to kind of be like hand wavy. Oh, it's because he's suited to doing this. Like he's a good host, kind of thing. Like it, it sort of. There's no real proper reason for it. No, there there isn't. I mean, you can and and you can see the effect that Venom's had on Eddie because Eddie used to be like scared and wimpy somehow yeah. despite the fact that he is it was so weird tom hardy well also he just jumps on motorbikes and travels to the like da- most dangerous parts of you know parts of the world to, to film stories but he's scared of heights uh-huh and he also it doesn't go together for me and he also um that that scene when mrs chen is first threatened in her store you're like 
what are you doing? And then he's like, oh, I'm done. I've given up on trying to help humanity. And I was like, you just showed us two seconds earlier that you weren't because mm. he gave all that money to his friend on the street. Yeah. Like, have some consistency here, please. Mm. But again, I think that's in the writing because Tom Hardy's really trying. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But like that, that seems like poor writing to me mm-hmm. and trying to figure out who Eddie is is a little bit confusing. Yeah, that well, um, I think they could. That's we were talking before about how at the start there's not really enough of like a fall for him. Like he's mm. not that different from when we first meet him to when he's at rock bottom six yeah. months later. Like there needs to be more of a. Um, and I would have actually done a. It's slightly overused storytelling conceit, but I would have done a like him show him at rock bottom and then flash back to six months ago mm-hmm. and then show how that happened if I were telling the story and then. And have also have him a lot more together and with it when he went at the beginning, like when he is, when he has the different life, like actually show that his life is different. Yeah, I think the only way you can really see that is when he is in his interactions with that security guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, his friend, the security guys, where at the beginning he's like, no such thing as can't. And he's so like confident yeah. and brash and he just walks in there and takes Happy. over and does whatever he wants. And then later on he's like, losing it and he's like there's no such thing as cunt and you can see the really big difference yeah like his really big difference in personality but that seems to be mostly because venom's there yeah that's right and he's also at the same time trying trying to tell venom he's not allowed to eat his brains he's got a family to support yeah we like him no you can't eat him (laughs) which is again the best part of the movie Uh, that scene in the restaurant is i think almost worth the price of admission by itself though yeah i mean tom hardy lowering himself into the lobster tank yeah yeah that's great. And then just pulling a lobster out and starting to eat it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just – it's so – he does it so well yeah. is the thing. Like, it's sort of almost Jim Carrey-esque in its, like, grandeur yeah. in terms of comedy. But everybody else is playing it so straight and, like, it just shows this kind of desperation and madness within him while also being hilarious. It's why you hire Tom Hardy for this job. Yes. Because no one else – will do that yeah commit to that bit in that same way and that's the thing i think that it makes up for the fact that he doesn't really look like an eddie brock kind of guy no like the the problem with hiring tom hardy for this role of course is that he's so big and so muscular Mm. that you don't fully buy him as like a weedy little journalist, which is why it makes more so much more sense for him to be like an adventure journalist well, in the first yeah, place. Yeah, him running off being an adventure. See, I took him as an adventure journalist in yeah. this because – and that makes perfect sense. He's jumping on a motorbike. He's going to – he's driving across the bridge to Oakland. He's like digging into the underbelly of San Francisco, full of like good stories for him there. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And and again, that, that great interaction that he has with Carnage at the end where he kind of – is fearless and draws him out and Mm. and isn't worried about all the stories that he's heard and you know and talks to him like a person and doesn't even though this guy is clearly a monster Mm. he looks in that moment like a really good journalist so then you go back and you're like well why did you make such a stupid mistake with Riz Ahmed in that interview in the first place Mm. because like if you were smart he would have teased that out slowly yeah let him down the garden path and sort of led him into saying something he didn't mean to say like that's what good journalists do and he had him on the hook too Mm. he had him and he even after that 
Like, no, sorry, even before that, he didn't want to do the story. And the guy from Luke Cage was like, no, you have to do this story. And he was like, all right. Instead of just going, I can't. There's a conflict of interest because my girlfriend works for him. Yeah. (laughs) The easiest thing in the world that he could have done. Send someone else. Also, why do you send your adventure journalist to do like a puff piece interview with Elon Musk? Like you don't. If you So maybe, oh, no, it is him. Sorry. Yes with elon musk yeah you don't but he is a great journalist yeah um and they want him to do it i think because he's clearly i was thinking of him as sort of like anderson cooper-esque in the in the concept that he's like the face of this right this network, network a little bit yeah yep and um, so it's like the flagship show and he's got to show up and and he's got to talk to this guy yeah um ron cephas jones oh yeah yeah because i couldn't see his name in the Venom cast list, but then on his own page it says Venom. It's it's not actually in the Venom cast list. It's really weird because he has a reasonably major role. Like he re- does reasonably sort of large supporting part. But yeah, then there's so many <laughs> so many problems with this movie. Yeah, like uh, there's so many ways that they could have just tightened it and done it better. Yeah, it felt like they rushed it into production, which isn't true, right? Um, and I'm not sure to be honest. But, but it certainly feels that way, mm. especially the lack of time and attention and care given to the action yeah. stuff. I also want to address something that I've seen written about this movie, but uh, I can't confirm because I haven't seen the other film. But apparently this film is like unbelievably similar to um, Upgrade, oh. I think is the mo- name of the movie, which is, came out this year. It was directed by um, Lee Winnell. Oh, right. Um, we talked about it a Saw bit on franchise. the radio. Um, which is like, oh, yeah. and it has in it Logan Marshall Green, who uh, looks an insane amount like Tom, like Hardy. Tom Hardy, but is is I think yeah upgrade there it is, um, but is to me the poor man's Tom Hardy. He was in mm. Prometheus, right, right. Um, he's like slightly prettier and also slightly worse, or a lot worse at acting than Tom Hardy is. Yeah, but Upgrade was kind of like a bit of a sleeper hit this year. Mm. Um, it it did quite well and and kind of was a a surprise hit mm. um, and and critics liked it more than they thought they would and stuff. It's on Netflix, so I think I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um, but apparently this film has a lot of similarities with Upgrade. Mm, interesting. Um, which is just kind of interesting. But yeah. They came out in the same year, so the likelihood that they were stolen from each other seems low. Seems pretty low. <laughs> and Upgrade is sort of is not meant to be uh, – I mean, Venom is a established property and yeah. Upgrade is not meant to be that property and I think it – Looks a bit more horrorish, bit but more, that's what this should have uh, been. Yeah, should have been. Oh god, yeah. Um, if they had, if they had gotten Lee Winnell to direct this, it probably would have been great. Mm. Um, like if they had gone for a a horror comedy, like Sam Raimi, mm. the guy who did the Spider Man movies. Oh, imagine what he could have done with this. I know it's it's such a shame that he never really got to do Venom properly yeah. because he could have. It's also such a shame that. Again, the biggest problem, I think, for me in the original Spider-Man movies has always been the casting. The only good casting in those movies, in my opinion, was Kirsten Dunst. Mm. Although the woman who played Aunt May was pretty good too. But, like, Topher Grace played Eddie Brock. Yeah, that's right. And you couldn't – I mean, there's got to be somewhere between Topher Grace and And Tom Tom Hardy (laughs) that you can find – like as an edit, because, some middle ground. Yeah, because Topher Grace is so wimpy. Yeah, like I don't mean to disparage him. I thought he was great in Black but, Klansman. Yeah, but that he's not the guy. Like he, he's it's too much of a trans- transformation for him. Yeah, to go from like his little milk toast 
personality too. Yeah, and he's not scary in the right – he can't do scary in the right way. Whereas whereas Tom Tom, Hardy comes unhinged really easily. But also when he's angry, he's scary. Mm. But when he's not angry, he can be very sweet and and likable and funny. He's great, man. He's just terrific, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's such a shame. And Riz Ahmed, like when they were together in scenes as well, in the two seconds that they were together in oh scenes, my it was God. really good. Yeah, Riz Ahmed was also just acting everyone else off the screen. He was oh, everybody so in his good. scenes. Yeah. So you were not watching anybody but him in any of his scenes. No. Oh, my God. There's no chance. Like he yeah. was completely magnetic. And um, even in his very, fir- his very first introduction scene mm. where he talks to the, the kids, mm. And he's so – it's so genuinely inspirational, mm-hmm. um, even though there's a little girl who wants to ask a question and he never asks her what a question is. Maybe they didn't pay her enough to ask it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like maybe there was a budget problem with this movie as well. It wouldn't surprise me. Because the CG doesn't look great a lot of the time. I think it works the best in those scenes where he's talking to Venom, mm-hmm. like, and they have the two faces. I actually quite like the look of Venom when he's – complete yeah it looks a little plasticky but almost like in a good way like well shiny yeah that that sort of snakiness yeah 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 almost like a i I was gonna say more like a a, what i called like a newt or something oh yeah like but a really big one (laughs) you know like there was there's the way that the mouth opens and the tongue comes out and everything is you know like in the comics iconic. and yeah. iconic and it looks good, mm. I think. Um, it's just a shame about everything else. Also, it's weird how sexualized Venom becomes as soon when as When Michelle Williams is merged with him. Yeah. Yeah, that was like it, it gave her this like exaggerated butt and breasts and yeah. just like really weird looking. I mean, I know Venom exaggerates the male form in the sense that it gives him big shoulders and stuff right but it's not like he's got this great big swinging dick or anything no <laughs> like, no yeah and this giant curvy venom comes and saves tom hardy in the woods it's just like um yeah and it doesn't give him this perfect bubble butt or anything because no. that would be really enjoyable although don't get me wrong it does give her one though yeah don't get me wrong i have seen plenty of stuff online about well, of course uh, yeah there seems to be a real phase at the moment of like monster love going on you're not like you're not wrong with um bill Sa- yeah bill sarsgaard in skarsgaard yeah far yeah. out i'm from, never gonna get it right from it <laughs> but also um in the shape of water yes is the the big one yeah i was gonna mention that yeah next. and venom i mean you know it, it's the tongue i guess i don't know but also i there's something about like venom likes Anne as well like mm. there's something about him that's kind of yeah, well, he does that thing that all good monsters do where they're like they sort of have this benign or benevolent sort of liking for humans despite the fact that humans are a giant pain and they also want to eat humans. Yes. <laughs> that The the funniest parts, I think, for, from Venom for me were always talking about eating humans. Yeah. That just any time that he talked about eating people or dogs or whatever was a crack up for me. I yeah, don't know. I know. It was I think hilarious. It's the glee. It is Tom Hardy doing the voice of Venom, right? I assume so. Yeah. It sounds like him. 
But there's a there's a real glee in the way that he says things. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I eat even, his brains? Yeah, <laughs> it's just really when he says the eyes, lungs, pancreas, spit. This <laughs> is like it's really really funny, but uh. also like he's just so happy. Yeah, um, to, at the possibility of eating people. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, is there anything in your your notes you want to cover? Because we're probably going to wrap up soon. Yeah, the, I I did also like um, not with the score and the music and stuff. Yeah, not only is the music bad and the score is not very good either. Mm. Um, and I don't think the sound design is very good either. Yeah, no, but. There's jarring musical transitions between scenes. Mm. When Tom Hardy gets on his bike um, yes. for the car chase, there's one. And then in the middle of the car chase, when he goes, they, when they go over that fence, there's another one. Yeah. There are two jarring musical transitions in that scene. Two of them. Right. And literally my first note about the movie is the soundscape is vroom, crash, ah, voices. And that's the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, the soundtrack goes vroom. There's a lot of explosions, and then the soundtrack goes ah. Yeah, one of the things I was really mad about is how bad the motorbike stuff looks. Mm. Um, he's he's sitting weirdly on the bike, which like I don't understand because they would have had you know stunt. They had definitely had stunt drivers involved because there's one credited, but also it sounds bad and it looks bad. And I'm like, no, but come on, the motorbike scene should be like fun. Mm. It should look good. There's got a motorbike and a handsome man. Like, how can you? How do you? that up honestly i know but yeah that, there's a moment in the bar when somebody goes hey ain't you eddie brock and he goes i used to be and i'm like oh god <laughs> oh wow that's the it's the worst uh, but it is kind of comic booky i guess it is i mean it's and it's creaky and it's <laughs> like you could see that in i you know you can imagine that in a comic book panel you know with, mm. at the bar and then yeah. the guy turns around and looks at him and then he dramatically has this used like to used be. to be thing come yeah. up like yeah it just didn't mm. it doesn't work in the movie and it looks terrible and cheesy yeah yeah oh yeah i i don't know why Anne didn't die when venom went into her and then went out of her um, everybody else died right not everybody no who didn't some people could survive it there were people who could who survived it who in the movie before that survived a symbiote going out of them? I feel like there were some people who were experimented on, like, but maybe because because what it seemed to me was that people had different reactions. Like some people were really good at hosting symbiotes, some people were really terrible and died almost immediately. But and they some never people... found a match in there, mm. and everybody, I think they all died. I don't know. We never actually see if she dies, and we don't see if the dog dies. And well, Anne didn't die. No, Anne didn't die. No, I mean the dog. Sorry, we don't see if the dog dies. So that's true. <laughs> we don't see uh, that. I mean, they. Uh, I guess they just didn't want to show the dog dying on screen. Probably. Yeah, probably. But like, yeah, I mean, potentially, if they're a match, mm. it seems wildly unlikely that Venom and and and, or, and Venom and Eddie would be a perfect match. Or because Venom knows what she's doing and he likes her, he allows her to survive. Because there's one point where he says. Where something, something, there's something wrong, some kind of physical injury that Tom Hardy describes in Venom goes, I can fix that. Oh, the heart atrophy. Yeah, but he was causing it. Yeah, but he, he was like, I'll fix that when I leave, you know, mm. the implication being when I leave. So I think that, again, this is hand wavy, that they were like, he likes her, so he'll jump into her body and mm. let her survive. Yeah, it's weird in the ending because there's so little setup for it as well. Like, there's no mm. indication that Riz is going to get turned into one of them there's no indication that they're going to want to get into a rocket and go to space and suddenly we're supposed to care about that yeah and you're like but i don't i don't care 
I just don't care at this point. It, there's that fight between the two of them was just badly oh, so done. ugly and so hard to follow. Yep, and then it's over, and you're like, oh, I guess that's the movie. There except, is, I mean, you know, except for the two post credit sequences, three post credit sequences. There's a moment. Two is just two. And there's the carnage bit, and yeah. then there's the oh yeah, that's not a post credit. That's a trailer for yeah, and then movie. there's a, then there's like a probably five minute sequence from the um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse movie, and then the c- credits out. just keep going for oh a bit. God. It was way, it was so it, weird. I bizarre. forgot. Yeah, it, it's oh god. Um, yeah, I wrote a note actually in that final fight where I said, "Where am you even supposed to look?" Because there's a whole bit where there's like. The Venom head There's and rocket. Tom Hardy's no, no, oh. like you know how they have those freeze frame moments? Oh yeah, yeah, where it suddenly goes still and you've got Venom's head and Tom Hardy's head and Riz's head yeah, and yeah. Riot's head, yeah, and you're like. Where am I supposed? To? And then it doesn't set you up for knowing where you're supposed to look. Like mm. there's nothing that draws you to the part of the frame yeah. where they are until suddenly they're on screen and you're like, "Wait, what's going on?" And then it goes back into the fight again, and then it does it again, and you're like, "I, I can't and tell." It, it what's feels happening. like they did that just so you could see who was who. Yeah, but you can't anyway. Yeah. And it, it, I felt like they did that as like a you know again comic panel type thing. Yeah, yeah. But I just could. I was like, "What on yeah. earth?" Is-? And then suddenly. Both of them were without their symbiotes, and then Tom, Riz Ahmed tried to take on Tom Hardy in a fight, and I'm like, "Oh boy, no, you have another thing coming." Um, but yeah, it just was. Mm. Uh, one of my last notes is how and why exactly did Eddie turn Venom all self-sacrificing? Because mm. Eddie didn't even want to be self-sacrificing when Venom went into him, and part of the reason in the comics that Eddie responds to Venom the way he does. And again, this is something that could be served by a closer comparison to Spider-Man. Yeah. Yep. Um, is because um, he's so upset about the loss of his girlfriend and all of that stuff. And he feels like a loser and everything, mm-hmm. but like he's much more of a jerk and much more of a loser than this Eddie is. Mm. You know, he is somebody who is very bitter about the world. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like, and I kind of thought it would be interesting for them to go more of a like revenge route against Riz Ahmed, like yeah. where he everybody thinks he's lying and crazy because he wants to get revenge against this guy. Mm, mm. They didn't try that at all, really. No. Anyway, we should wrap up and give it a score. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm gonna give it two stars. Um, I yeah, I suppose two stars as well. I kind of want to give it two and a half because the actors are trying so hard. Yeah. And, I feel and, like Tom Hardy deserves it. And it's a pretty it's a pretty enjoyable couple of hours at the cinema. Yeah. Like you, it's not, you know, you don't get bored. You definitely, um, you don't, you're invested particularly in Tom Hardy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think Tom Hardy really, and Tom Hardy and Riz Ahmed are really the reasons to go see this. Like they yeah. really kind of make mm. what, make of the material what they can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.